Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 224 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I'm so pleased that you are with me here today to talk to Abigail Dean. Y'all, this book rocked my world. This was such a great book. And it was so dark. And it got me really excited about reading dark again. Um, You know, 2020 kind of took a little bit of a, you know, the glow off of darkness. Is that a thing? I'm not even going to re-record this because you understand what I mean. Like, I didn't really want to read that dark in 2020. But I tell you what, 2021, looking a tiny bit brighter, the tiniest, and I'm back into reading dark thrillers. So um, I will speak to what's been going on around here for just a second. And then I want to go back to talking about Abigail Dean before we start talking to her. So personal update around here. Um, I'm just chugging along. It feels really, really great, as I have said multiple times, to be well enough to be back in the chair. I am working on, it feels like a million different projects at once, but I am doing it in big chunks according to my new schedule, which is just brilliant. Each day that I'm on, for example, today's Thursday, Talking Thursday, each day that I'm on, I always decide that it's my favorite until I get to the next day when I decide that that's my favorite. So I think that's a really, really great sign as to how things are going around here. I did finish the um, read for revision of the Quincy book. And I'm plunging tomorrow into starting to write a synopsis of it, which I will use to guide a revision eventually. And I did a bunch of work on this nonfiction book yesterday. Things are just going really well. Knock all the wood that is around. Uh, 90 day classes are going great. And my students are just kicking ass and they're getting stuff done, and I'm really proud about them. Proud about them? Yes, I'm proud of them as well. How about you? Are you getting your work done? You are listening to this podcast because you are a writer. I know that. So if you're not getting any work done, try to get some done. Just a little bit. Crappy first drafts are what we make, people. That's what we do. They're not going to be good. I say this all the time because it takes a long time for this really, really to sink into people's brains. It took me being a professional full-time writer for years before it sunk into my brain. Oh, that my crappy first drafts, they were never going to be good. I was never going to finally get good enough to make a good first draft. It doesn't happen. Crappy first drafts are what we do, are what 99% of writers do. So, um, Write some crappy first draft words and then tell me about it. Okay, so we're going to go back to talking about Abigail Dean. This book is called Girl A. And I talked to her about the prologue, which I thought was fascinating. It's very short. It's one page. And I asked her permission to read this to you. And then we're going to talk about it in the interview. And you can see what she does with this. But oh, it's good. No spoilers. Again, this is just the first page prologue of the book. You don't know me, but you'll have seen my face. In the earlier pictures, they bludgeoned our features with pixels, right down to our waists. Even our hair was too distinctive to disclose. But the story and its protectors grew weary. 
and in the danker corners of the internet we became easy to find. The favored photograph was taken in front of the house on Moor Woods Road, early on a September evening. We had filed out and lined up, six of us in height order, and Noah in Ethan's arms, while Father arranged the composition. Little white wraiths squirming in the sunshine. Behind us, the house rested in the last of the day's light, shadows spreading from the windows and the door. We were still and looking at the camera. It should have been perfect. But just before Father pressed the button, Evie squeezed my hand and turned up her face toward me. In the photograph, she is just about to speak, and my smile is starting to curl. I don't remember what she said, but I'm quite sure that we paid for it later. Oh, okay. And then the next line, that's the prologue. The next line is, I arrived at the prison in the mid-afternoon. <laughs> Tell me that you would not have to keep reading that. Uh, that prologue just knocked me out and I wanted to talk to her about how she came up with it, um, what it meant to her, how she does this. It's one of those things that, you know, I went back to kind of take apart. Um, there's a sweetness to it, you know, a childlike sweetness at the end when she's smiling at her sister. But there's also that foreboding sense of menace and dread that just hangs over it. I just think she is phenomenal. So let's leap into the podcast now, and you'll be able to hear me talk with Abigail Dean, and uh, I think you all should read Girl A. All right, I also think you all should be doing your own writing, which is why you're here, why you're listening, and um, I know that you can do it. I know it's hard, and I know that you can do it. All right, happy writing. Hey, is resistance keeping you from writing? Are you looking for an actual writing community in which you can make goals and be held accountable for them? Join Rachel Says Write, a twice-weekly, two-hour writing session on Zoom. You can bop in and out of the writing room as your schedule needs, but for just $39 a month, you can write up to four hours a week with our wonderful little community in which you'll actually get to know your writing peers. We write from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Tuesdays and 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Thursdays, and that's U.S. Pacific Standard Time. Go to rachelherron.com slash write to find out more. Well, I could not be more pleased to welcome to the show Abigail Dean. Hello, Abigail. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me on ah, as well. I was uh, I was just bending your ear with what I thought about your book, but I want to talk about it a lot more today uh, with a little intro here. Abigail, uh, wow. I'm very excited. Abigail Dean works as a lawyer for Google and before that was a bookseller. She lives in London and is working on her second novel. Girl A is her first novel just out in the United States after a competitive international auction that saw the book sell in 25 territories. It's been optioned for TV rights for a limited series with John Rank, the Emmy winner from HBO's critical and commercial hit Chernobyl attached to direct. Um, so first of all, just wow. Flippin' wow. I loved your book. Couldn't put it down at all. How are you feeling about all of this, like, sudden, critical, big attention just blowing up in your face? How does that feel? Um, so I'm probably just going to sound completely um, inarticulate because <laughs> I, like, I don't know really how I feel. Like, I, I think I'm still in a bit of a state of 
shock. Um, and, you know, I think the shock is like 90% joyful and 10% terrified, I'd, yeah. <laughs> I'd say. Um, I, like, you know, the best thing is the characters being out there in the world and people getting to know the characters. And, you know, as a reader, like over my life, I have had, you know, I've had so many relationships with so many characters, you know, you feel like I've loved them and I've detested them. And I think that hearing from readers that they have felt that way about the characters, that's the best feeling in the world. Um, mm. So yeah, kind of a lot of joy. And then I think inevitably a tiny bit of terror because there's some exposure, of course, in terms of, you know, a small piece of your heart being out there um, is, is a strange feeling as well. And and Lex, the main character, is so perfectly drawn. And without any spoilers, I will say that at the 25% mark, after we have, I was trying to figure it out as a writer, you know, why did we just go from first person into this third person? Why, why am I, why am I here with this male character? And then um, Lex communicates with him at the very end of that scene and says, hello. And I burst into tears at the 25% mark. Like that doesn't, ha I don't cry in books anyway. I just thought it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was such, it was also such a dark book that dragged me through it. And I am a, you know, psychological thriller junkie. I read them all. I've almost been feeling bored lately. I feel like I've seen all the angles and yours was fresh and new and beautifully, absolutely beautifully written. The way that you write characters is stunning. Um, but what I wanted to talk about real quickly first is just before in the intro, I will have read the very short prologue to your book. Um, and I wanted to read it because I think it is an absolutely brilliant way of capturing the reader's attention and giving them just enough information to pique their interest in a way that is, it is absolutely impossible not to turn the next page because we must know more. And this is a very technical question and only the writers will be interested in it. But at what point did that scene arise, either being written or when you knew it was the start of the book? Um, it was there from the beginning. It, it was like the first scene written. Um, Holy yeah. crap. I was sure you would say like, <laughs> no, that was impossible to come to. That's amazing. Um, I, I think that the, the reason, like the reason behind it was I am a true crime junkie. You know, I'm, I'm like, um, I've, I've listen to the podcasts and I watch the TV shows and I you know I think often in these cases there is this defining photograph mm -hmm. or this defining image and that's how you know that the people who were involved in that um in that instant like that that that's kind of what these you know what human beings I think sometimes are almost like reduced to and compacted into like these images that we kind of remember for, for years after and I think in a way I wanted it to be like so sometimes that's the end of the story um, and that's all you, you that's all you get um but in a way for yeah so for girly I was I wanted that to be the, the beginning of the story and then everything that comes after the you know the, the rest of the novel is how the Gracie family you know who are they really you know this photo is such a it, it's defining, but at the same time, it's completely not defining it. It's like the the tiniest tip of of this iceberg of um, of what they've been through and and the people they've become uh, as well. 
So, okay. I love all this. So for a debut novel, this did not read as a debut. It read as, and I, and I feel like I am, you know, cavelling and waxing rhapsodic even too much, but it read like a masterpiece in thriller. Where is your um, writing history? I know you're a lawyer, which is all writing. And there are so many lawyers who then move into writing or the other way. Is that part of it? Or where else do you come from in writing? Um, so I, I think it's, it's, I've been writing a lot since I was really little, um, like really, really little. And my, my mum has recently unearthed like some fantastic, like, you know, two pages of A4 stapled together as like, you know, this is my serious novel and I'm six. How <laughs> Everyone has to read it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, thanks mum. That's just what I, just what I always wanted. Um, and, you know, I, I filled notebooks um, with various stories and a lot of them were dark as well. I think, you know, at a pretty early age, I um, was sort of often writing, you know, once it was the soft toys, you know, basically someone's had a bad time and then it was like the Barbies and they had a pretty bad time um, as well. Um, and as a teenager, I also wrote a lot of fan fiction. Um huge amounts of fan fiction. That'll do it. Um, That's such a good training ground, I think. Yeah, it, it's one of those strange, um, strange things, isn't it? And I, I don't know if it's because it's something that, you know, teenage girls often do. And, and sometimes people are like, well, you know, teenage girls, what, what do they know? You know, fan fiction has, seems to sometimes have a really bad reputation, but it's an awesome way of writing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can't think of a... Yeah, as a writer as well, I think I can't think of a greater compliment in a way than people wanting to make your characters their own um, in a particular way. What was your favorite fandom that you were writing in, if you don't mind sharing? No, that's okay. I am, so I was a big gamer um, and I wrote a lot of like Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 7 and 8 was my, um, was my like fandom at the time. Um, And I still stick. They were still great. You know, they are still great stories and incredibly inspiring stories that yeah, I still like look back and I'm like, incredible inspiration. Oh, I just absolutely love that. Okay, so what so you're busy, you're a lawyer. Where where how do you get the writing done? Where does this fit into your life? Um, so for girl A, I um I took some time off mm. um to, to start writing. Um it had been a case that in my 20s I just I basically just worked um, for at least sort of six, seven years um, of that time. And I kind of didn't write at all. Um, you know, I, I would was doing like lawyer writing. So I was writing contracts and writing emails, many emails. Um, but I, I I kind of let writing slip away a, a little. Um, and I was sort of coming up to my 30th birthday and was like, why have you kind of abandoned this thing that you absolutely loved you know this long standing ambition and and yeah but more than ambition I think really just the thing that you know was probably for me the most satisfying thing that I can do um so yeah I decided to to sort of shake things up a bit and um I left my job at a law firm which had incredibly demanding hours and lots of travel time um, and spent three months basically just sitting in my local library <laughs> and um, and starting to write Girl A. Um, so it wasn't even a it wasn't even a sabbatical. You you quit to do this? Yeah, I, wow. I quit. Um, How did that I, feel? I had, 
So I should, I, I want to be totally frank. Um, I am a risk, you know, risk averse lawyer standard. Um, I had another job lined up at the ah, end of the three months. Perfect. So I, I didn't, I didn't kind of quit um, without anything, um, anything waiting, but I do, I, you know, it felt uh, even just having you know, three months where you're unpaid and you're like, okay, I'm going to see how this goes. I sort of made a bit of a deal with myself that if I was going to do it, I had to actually write, you know, like I have as much temptation as anyone to lie in bed and read and then watch Netflix. And <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, you're taking three months off. You, you have to actually show up every day. You know, it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to write X number of words a day, but you do need to show up and try. Um, and that was the deal um, for that. Did period. you get most of the book done in that three months or was that the start of it? It was the start. I, I had really grand um, ideas. You know, I saw myself like just getting this first draft, just just getting it out in three months. And um, yeah, that did not happen. Um, I got about maybe a third to a half of the way there. Um, and then it was another nine months of evenings and weekends and just, you know, um, just, just finding time wherever I could like I, I'm a big I think a lot of the time I'd been quite precious about how I wrote and I, you know I think one of the reasons I didn't write in my 20s was I had ideas that I needed to be sitting in silence with like you know writing by hand um, have like hours of time and a lot of girl a was written you know I wrote on the notes section of my phone um, I wrote you know sometimes by hand sometimes with a laptop like whatever was easiest and I think I kind of had to let go of those notions that the muse was gonna like come and find me in my yeah. in my bedroom because yeah it, it it didn't and you know some scenes were difficult and challenging I didn't want to write them but yeah it, it was um it, it was a much more mundane exercise than I had allowed myself previously to think that is such a deep comment and I want listeners to really hear that writing is just work a day so much of the time, even when we're very excited, we, we show up and we do the work. Um, we, we kind of touched on this when we were chatting before, but how, so you're writing dark stuff and I, I love writing dark stuff. And I just want to know how much do you have to do of self-care when you're writing this? Because I sometimes worry about myself that I don't need to do very much. Like even writing and thinking about dark stuff kind of lights me up and I'm a really positive well lit soul probably. But um, as I was telling you, I told my wife the idea for this new book and she was like, I can't, I don't know if I can live with a person who just thought of that idea. And I'm like, this is the best. I'm so excited. How do you handle writing that darkness and being in the world? I think there is definitely a big contrast between my writing and my personality. Kind of as, as you exactly as you've sort of said, Rachel, you know, I think my, my husband would read you know, some chapters of Girl A and, you know, he was kind of like, I sometimes, you know, where does this come from? Are um, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Slightly. And, you know, I think if for me, it is obviously it is, it's fiction. And, um, and I think that I, I do have to be a little careful at times. I, I think especially um, I, I write often quite late into the evening. It's kind of one of the times I actually really like to write. 
and I, I kind of had to stop doing that a bit. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. It was a case that, you know, you go to sleep and I think the characters are sometimes still there or, or they're even worse. Maybe they're, they're kind of where you left them. Yeah. And that was a strange, um, and that was a surprise to me. I was actually like, oh, maybe this, you know, this, this is affecting you. And, uh, and obviously there's also, there's the constant reminder, I think, that this is something that happens to people. Yes. And you know that I think is something that you know you need to be incredibly sensitive about writing I, I certainly found and and really kind of do consider the gravity of that I think in a way as well I love how we're dealing again no spoilers but we're dealing with Lex's basically mental health and in most ways not always but in most ways she's come out this very very strong beautiful person with a support system that is also beautiful. And I just, I really love that. I found a lot of inspiration in that. Um, what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Um, I think my biggest challenge is probably, it, it probably is the showing up and the finding mm-hmm. time. Um, I think that, you know, for Gurley, I had the, just this luxury of that, of that period yeah. off. And I think that after that, you know, it, it, there is always the temptation of, of doing other things. And, and, you know, I think especially sometimes you know, when being fortunate enough to be published, in a way, sometimes that means there's even more distractions. You know, it's fantastic oh, yeah. to connect with readers on social media and, you know, especially this time like that's such a joy. And um, I think that all of those things, though, I, I know the way I try to sort of overcome that weakness and that challenge is very little is ever as satisfying as just a really good day of writing (laughs) you know all the kind of um feedback and you know reviews in the world are very unlikely to ever be as satisfying as when you're like yes like you look back the next day and you're like that was a really good day like I'm happy with those paragraphs (laughs) um and I try to cling to that a bit um, yeah, how, I, how I, I is, guess, I guess. <laughs> how is the writing of the second book going? Cause I, ha- I really struggled with my second novel. How are you, are you having second book blues or is it just going well? Um, it, it's gone, you know, in, in different, it's gone very differently at different times over the last year. Um, I would say, uh, at present it's going pretty well and I feel like I'm getting there. Um, things are kind of really moving into place and sort of getting that, for me, I think, you know, it needs to be an obsession in yeah. some ways, you know, but I need to be thinking about the characters when I'm out for a walk or when I'm like, you know, unstacking the dishwasher, you know, they're kind of, I'm thinking of them and trying to sort of, um, you know, think what, what they, what they'll do next and think about the conversations that they're going to have. And it took a while with this um with this novel to to get to that stage I think it took a while for the obsession to set to set in I think I was maybe a bit stuck with the Gracie family and with Girl A um and I think now I'm there and and that feels really really good like they're my obsession now rather than uh, rather than Lex and her story oh good well what's really nice is that now the rest of the world has this obsession with Lex and, um, and it just, we're, we're recording on February 4th and it just released in the U S I think two days ago. Right. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking forward to this one climbing the charts. I really, really am. So no, I mean, not to make anything more 
intent, but I just, I, I can see this rocketing to the top. Um, when, so talking about writing, can you share a craft tip with us that you use in your writing? Um, yes, I am. Um, yeah, I think I can. Um, so I think I said before about kind of, um, using notes on my phone, yeah. um, as a sort of way that I write. And I, I, I kind of do that very very sort of consistently Mm -hmm. um so I I sort of try to use um I I think I try to use kind of my phone in terms of it being something I have to hand as a way of kind of planning um writing so I I write um and I promise this is not a promotion I always feel very guilty saying this um I write on google docs (laughs) this is not a promotion Um, And something I find really useful is, is having um, the, the manuscript in one Google Docs file. Um, and as I sort of think of you know, different things, different points that need to happen later in the manuscript, I just drop them in to the bottom of the file. Um, and sort of in a way, the pl- I find that by doing that, the plan um, almost shapes itself. Yeah. Um, so you have kind of everything you've actually written so far and then underneath it you have future kind of snippets of dialogue and you have a kind of vague plan of the plot and I think it just means that as you get to future scenes you find that you've already got um you've got kind of little guiding beacons I guess in a way that you've you've added in the past um I find it's a way that that you know a, a way of planning that doesn't feel like planning you know it still feels like it has an imagination um, imaginative side to it um and yeah it just means I feel you never come into a scene completely blind or clueless because you might have already left yourself little uh, um little assists I guess um to, to help guide the way and you're yeah you're never alone on the page there's always something below you to kind of catch you almost um, I would love to ask a direct question about something you're so good at and that I, I really struggle with, which is character description. You have a way of, I really believe that um, when we're describing characters who may not be the most important characters in the book, um, the best way to do it is with a sentence or two that are extremely explicitly clear and visual and then leave them alone for the rest of the book. And you do it so beautifully. There was one where I think the person was just described as looking round and damp with round and damp hands and round and damp body. And it was so good. Is this something you consciously think of or is this something that just comes out of your fingers? Um, I think it is something that I, um, that I think of quite a, a bit. Yeah. It's, um, there is, um, an amazing book that I've certainly found really, really useful, um, which is called how fiction works by James Woods. Um, oh, I don't know who that one. I think he's a critic for the, I think he's a critic for the New York times. I want to say, but I yeah. might have that wrong. Um, I, I found that incredibly, um, it, it just has some fantastic little insights into, into sort of describing characters and it, it, it's one of the sort of I, I don't tend to I try not to read too many kind of books about writing because I feel yeah. they can kind of often throw you slightly off course but but this is one that I I kind of I, I read probably for the first time like in my late teens and I've kind of kept returning to it um but but another thing I would say that that I found really useful for for kind of character descriptions um is actually songs um really? and song lyrics yeah um I I think it's a case that you know in a song you maybe have like what I mean like in terms of word count 
you probably yeah. have you you're down you maybe in the tens I'm not sure yeah. maybe maybe a little more early hundreds um and there are some um artists though who I think so vividly draw characters that's in so their, um, good in their lyrics um you know that you you really get an impression of you as to who this character is and you're like you know the, the artist has done that in like you know seconds yeah and I found that really really um useful um especially what one of my and I just to give an example I think um Craig Finn who um writes the uh, whole study um yeah so, you know, and, and, and as an independent artist too he is someone whose songwriting I kind of go back to again and again in terms of how he draws these characters the, this whole cast of characters on an album in space of like a few lines um, yeah. so there, there's a few things I try to look to in terms of character descriptions and, and just yeah to sort of study how other people have done it and how to shape my characters that way well if it if it gives you any pleasure to know, I, I always underline and highlight in my Kindle the the lines that then I can go back and study. And there are a bunch in your book. Uh, but I was like, how did <laughs> she you, do that? That's amazing. Okay, so um, what thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way? Um, there's, a few, there's a few things, I think. Um, one has been actually... Um, I'd say the support of my um, of my partner. Um, he, uh, you know, I I've known him obviously. I've known him for a while now, <laughs> and um, he, you know, I, I think you know he's not actually somebody who um, is particularly kind of interested in writing or uh, at all. Like he's a big reader, but you know, doesn't write himself. And it, it was really his. Um, his sort of encouragement towards the end of my 20s that did make me think, you know, maybe this is something that I should go back to. We'd known each other for, for quite a few years at that point. Um, and I'd always said, you know, I'd love to be a writer, you know. I love writing. It'd be fantastic to be a writer. And he um, he sort of said to me, well, he is very kind of blunt <laughs> and said, you know, Abby, you're probably not going to be a writer if you don't write anything. <laughs> Um, and that's a good man it was one of those moments that you know it was actually sort of epiphany moment slightly because it was very close to the bone um but I thought you know what that is and it's still I think the the piece of advice that I keep um going back to um as well so yeah that and it was I think it just also came as a surprise because um it was one of those things that at the time it didn't necessarily feel supportive it felt quite kind of um, a bit of a sting to it oh but, absolutely you know I, it was I think it was deeply very very supportive um and, and a very kind of there was a kindness to just to, to, to him saying that that is beautiful I love that do you have a hard stop at the top of the hour or can we go a couple minutes over we can go over yeah okay, I've not great. got a hard stop okay um, then I'll then I'll ask you the next couple of questions. Uh, well, actually, I guess there's just one left um, before we talk about your book. What is the best book you've read recently? I know what mine is. Oh, it's tough, isn't it? <laughs> um, no, no, so, mine is not tough. The best book that I've read recently was yours. So, <laughs> um, I, so most recently, and um, the, the one I loved was "Ask Again Yes" by Mary Beth Keane. Um, oh, I, I love that. Yeah. Um, a month or so ago and um 
it was just one of those you know it books that I, I found really really moving it's not told in a particularly kind of um emotional way um but it's I think it it's really a story about mental health and about mental health at a time when it was not really um understood or um acknowledged and I think what's quite frightening is that time was not that long ago either I think we're mm-hmm. talking kind of it was novel set in this uh, begins at least in the 70s I think um and yeah just a really really beautiful exploration of that and how it affects two particular families in in upstate New York um and it's also a novel that I've, I've hugely admire in terms of it deals with a really long time period you know sometimes years are told in the course of a, you know, a few paragraphs but it still manages to be really specific and really moving in spite of that um and that's something that I, I, I kind of really admired Oh, thank you very much. I wrote that down going to the top of my TBR pile. That is always a selfish question that I ask on my part. And now, can you tell us uh, what what is your elevator pitch for Girl A for the people who don't know what we've been talking about? <laughs> sure. Um, Girl A uh, is Lex Gracie. Um, and as a child, Lex manages to escape from her family home which becomes known over time as the House of Horrors in the press. Um, And as she escapes, she manages to free her six brothers and sisters and exposes her parents' crimes, which had been committed as part of a kind of religious cult um, governed by her father. And Girl A opens for 15 years after that escape, by that time, Lex is a successful attorney, like she's living in New York, um, and she really lives independently of her past. You know, she, she does everything she can to avoid thinking about it. Um, and that is until her mother dies in prison. And when she does, she leaves Lex and her siblings, their family home, the House of Horrors, where they grew up um, and forces Lex as the executor, the administrator of, of this will to return to the UK um, to reconnect with her siblings um, in order to decide the fate of the house and um, to try to turn the house into a force for good. The way that you draw the relationships between Lex and her siblings is marvelous. It's ex- I at the beginning of the book, I, I love talking to writers transparently about this stuff. At the beginning of the, the book, there were a lot of names, you know, Ethan and Noah. And I'm like, and I was like, how am I going to keep these names apart? And you worry about that as a reader moving forward. And they're all so unique and drawn so vividly and, and each such a very real relationship between all of them. It's just, it's just beautiful. I cannot say enough about your book. This is going to be the one I recommend to everyone who loves thriller, you know, people who love thrillers, who love a certain genre, we have, you know, the list in our phone of our best friends who only read the great stuff. And I've already been, I've already emailed, I texted all of them. Just, just go by. Rachel, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. That, that does just mean the world to me. Like, you know, that I think having like people talking about the book and recommending it to their friends is that's, that's the dream, like beyond the dream. It is. And I'm so glad you're living the dream. I am I am going to be following your career with incredible interest and I can't wait to buy the second book. So thank, thank you for being you. on the show today. I really appreciate your time and your book. <laughs> it was wonderful um, to be here. And yeah, thank you to you and thank you to everyone who's listening as well. 
Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. Mm-hmm.